Hey guys, this is me, Digimove Today, a Tubuja aujourd'hui, Chatemechiste Oji, Ivostomoviste Ora. Welcome to a Digimove Today podcast. I'm your host, Andrea, and I'm very excited to be here. In this episode, I have Marco Altini as my guest. He's a scientist and developer, mainly working at the intersection between health, technology, and performance. He has a PhD in data science and a master's in computer science engineering, as well as in human movement sciences, with a specialization in high performance coaching. He started HRB4 training in 2012, making it a tool that is today trusted by more than 100,000, including Olympics, medalists, and professional teams. HRB4 training is a mobile platform using advanced signal processing and data analytics to measure physiology and quantify stress, helping athletes of all levels to better balance training and lifestyle stressors to improve performance. HRB4 training is also the first and only app that can reliably measure heart rate variability using the phone's camera. Currently, he's taking care of a product development strategy on uh, Android and Apple, app development, web platform development, and research, as well as producing and delivering educational material on the topic of HRB, stress and performance. Between 2014 and 2019, he has led a science activities at uh, Bloom Life, a digital health startup focusing on helping expecting mothers have a healthy pregnancy. During this period, Bloom Life grew from 3 to 20 employees, raised over $8 million in capital, and pioneered data-driven prenatal research. In 2019, he left Bloom Life to pursue a different career path. Um, from time to time, he also helps other companies improve their products. Um, you can see examples in his website. So without further ado, let's just get started. Hi, Dr. Hello. Altini, can you hear me? Yes. Great. I'm really excited to have you here. Thank you so much. Can I call you, should I call you Dr. Altini or should I call you Marco? Yeah, Marco is fine. Okay, nice. So if you can tell me about yourself, can you tell me about um, all the cool work that you're currently doing? Yeah, of course. So um, I'm a scientist, I would say, and developer working at the intersection between uh, you know, technology, health, performance. Um, I've studied uh, engineering, computer science, uh, got my PhD on um, data science, but always applied to basically monitoring signals from the human body, uh, physiological data, things like uh, heart rate, heart rate variability, energy expenditure, uh, oxygen consumption, and, and all of that. I'm trying basically to interpret data collected from wearable sensors so that we could provide some useful feedback uh, to people to better manage their health or training. Um, and then I have uh, a degree in uh, human movement sciences and uh, high performance coaching, so more on the physiology side. And I'm uh, the founder of HRV for Training, which is uh, a platform and an app which can be used to monitor physiology and in particular um, heart rate variability and physiological stress without the need uh, for external sensors so just using the phone that's I would say more or less um, what keeps me busy busy and I know that so I know you're interested in human uh, science and you also have your master's in human science besides all your engineering background um, why do you decide why do you have this interest in human science yeah so good question um, so Let's say that um, when I was studying computer science and engineering, um, I, 
I I liked the you know the, um, the more uh, I would say scientific and technological aspects, but at the same time, um, during those years, I didn't find any application that would me motivate as much as when I I've basically started looking more into uh, what you would call maybe biomedical engineering or mm -hmm. uh, you know collecting data from from the body and then trying to understand why uh, you know our body responds in a certain way to different stimulus um, and all of that really triggered my interest in a way that uh, you know other application didn't and then in the past 10 years I would say I was always um, you know more motivated to look into these aspects and into using the technology basically to uh, learn more about the human body i think that that's uh, what has been uh, my my main motivator in in these in these years and also what brought me back to university it was just last year for the the last masters i did uh, you know after developing the technology and working for years into something that helps people basically capture and understand how stress changes in response to various uh, things that happen in their lives and, you know, your body responds to that. Um, I figured, you know, I would want to dig a bit deeper into the physiological aspects uh, and the psychological aspects instead of, uh, you know, focusing entirely on the technological aspects, which was what was more, uh, more my background. And this goes to my next question. How would you define stress? So stress or a stressor, I would say it's um, a challenge um, that your body needs to respond to uh, while it tries to maintain, you know, homeostasis, which is basically a state of balance. You know, our bodies constantly responding to anything that happens and that anything that happens, I would consider it a stressor or stress. Um, and, you know, this state of balance is required for optimal functioning, basically, in health and performance. Um, and as we respond to anything that is, you know, a mental or physical challenge uh, or a stressor, basically, the body adjusts uh, so that we can, uh, we can keep up with that. And, you know, that brings us maybe to the main issue around stress, which is not negative per se, but... The, the issue being, you know, when you develop chronic stress or basically are chronically exposed to stressors and uh, you end up in a, let's say, negative health or, or performance situation, depending on what is your interest. Mm -hmm. Now, what is the autonomic nervous system? Because I know you talk a lot about the autonomic nervous system with, uh, with your current, uh, the HRV for training. So yeah. could you? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, you know, what basically, um, you know, looking back to what we were just saying, what maintains the state of balance typically is uh, the autonomic nervous system, which is, again, the part of the nervous system which acts without uh, our conscious control. So in response to any stressor, uh, you know, we have two branches in the autonomic nervous system, the sympathetic and the parasympathetic. And the sympathetic is the one that, you know, is typically, uh, you know, in charge when we need some sort of response, uh, the fight or flight response, for example. Well, the parasympathetic is more active when we are more relaxed. Um, and, you know, everything gets regulated by the autonomic nervous system, again, unconsciously. So, for example, things like respiration, 
or heart rate and variations in heart rate. Um, and this basically is, uh, is what um, basically the origin of, you know, the, all the work on athlete variability starts from the fact that what we are doing is basically capturing the activity of the autonomic nervous system. And I would say in particular of the parasympathetic branch. So, um, you know, our ability to capture uh, and measure how we are responding to stresses. And um, I would say this uh, state of uh, recovery and relaxation more, more than anything is what we can really measure. And I, I know like a lot of people um, that are listening to my podcast are like, wait, what's heart rate variability? Because we know like what heart rate is, but heart, heart rate variability, it's an, another thing. So it's like, um, I know you explained in another podcast, you, you talked about it and you said, well, it's the beat to beat uh, variability. And you mentioned that, um, and tell me if I have this right. So when there is less variability in the heartbeats, that indicates that the body is under stress. But when it, there's greater variability, that's the that usually means that the body has a strong uh, ability to tolerate stress. So I'm like less stress. Is that how how it is? Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly right. So uh, what we do with this technology is uh, to measure the bit to bit variability, and again, this bit to bit variability is regulated by the autonomic nervous system. And typically, when we face a stressor we have uh, an increase in heart rate and a reduction in heart rate variability. And the reason why we focus more on heart rate variability than heart rate, for example, is that this measure is a bit more sensitive to stress. So normally, you know, if you have um, a large stressor, like, you know, physical activity, then of course your heart rate increases and that's already, you know, it tells you already what is happening in your body. But especially in terms of psychological stressors or, you know, other forms of stress that affect your physiology, even at rest. So when you're not active, uh, you know, typically heart rate changes are very small in response to these other stressors, while changes in heart rate variability can be more dramatic. So by, by measuring heart rate variability, we can get better insights into a person's response to, to various stressors. And that's a bit more insightful than uh, than just looking at heart rate. And again, it simply reflects in a non-invasive measurement um, your uh, your autonomic nervous system and, in particular, the parasympathetic branch. Now, how can someone like like me, uh, you know, I'm I'm a, I'm a graduate student. How can someone like me just can start using the HRB for training? Because I know you mentioned that you can only use it while while you're resting. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, um, heart rate variability, the interesting bit is that it's, you know, while it's used a lot in sports, it's not really about training or sport or, you know, physical activity at all. It's just, you know, a measure of stress. Anything is stress, right? It can be uh, psychological stress, it can be uh, physical stress. So what you capture is basically your overall status, which I think is why it's an interesting application because it's really applicable to anyone and you know even an athlete will have periods in which stressors that are not non-training related uh you know again family or school or work anything that can affect you psychologically can have an impact and of course that can limit your capacity to handle stress and that's why you know it would be relevant to to monitor it uh, and the way you would monitor it using the app is uh, what the way we recommend 
monitoring it at least is uh, with you know simple morning routine so you would wake up first thing in the morning when you when you wake up would be to take the um, the phone and take the measurement um so when you are at rest you know while still lying in bed that would be the easiest take your measurement and that's basically a snapshot of your resting physiology similarly to you know you would measure uh, I don't know, your body weight in standard conditions before having breakfast or your mm-hmm. blood pressure in a certain condition. Yeah, so it's the same, rotary variability, because again, it's very sensitive to stress. So you don't want to measure after you had coffee or did exercise because you will just capture that transitory stress so that then we will be gone. What we, what we want to do here is really to capture the baseline physiological stress, uh, which I think is more important because it allows you to understand how you are responding to the overall stress in your life in a given moment and then make adjustments. So the first step, I would say the morning routine, taking the measurements when you wake up, when you wake up takes about a minute. So it's pretty quick. Um, and, you know, you start learning something about your physiology. I think in general, just the awareness bit can be very helpful. And then another aspect that I think is really important once you start measuring is that um, this is a metric that is really not particularly meaningful when you compare to other people. So Mm -hmm. uh, what matters really is that, you know, you do this every day uh, or try to do it every day and then you just compare your data with respect to your historical data. So your previous day's measurements, that's something that the app does for you. So once your score is a bit lower, for example, as you mentioned earlier, that is associated with higher stress. Uh, and then you know you know that maybe that's a day you should try to um, you know give priority to to recovery or simply slow down a little and and make some adjustments in, uh, in that way. I love how you explain it. It's almost like using a, a scale, like weighting yourself in the morning. I think that that's a really good analogy. I mean, for for anyone really that is doesn't understand anything about heart rate variability, I think it's it's a it's a really good way of of explaining. Um, yeah 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 I think you know sometimes we need to try to link it to aspects we are a bit more used to I think also you know arterial variability um, is something again where you look at your data with respect to your history and you know you want to be in this um, normal range you don't aim at very high or very low values and that's also very difficult sometimes for people to understand right it's uh, should my HIV always be higher or you know it's uh, it can be confusing but the way uh, I think it's a, it's a bit easier to understand is always to link it to some some other metrics we are a bit more used to. For example, again, if you look at blood pressure, it's I think everybody understands that your blood pressure should not be extremely high or extremely low. You know, it should be in somewhere in between in a range that works for you. And there is a similar uh, similar parameter which is uh, again just uh, reflecting how you are responding to to various stresses in your life. Now I have a I have a question based on like what, what you just told me. So say for example, like I do that in the morning. I I check like my heart variability just when I woke up before uh, even uh, grabbing coffee, and then all of a sudden like everything is fine and I don't look so stressed based on what what it's what it tells me. And then I go throughout my day and then I have something that I don't know. Say I went to work and I'm just like, oh my god, I'm so stressed out. Like I can feel it. How would I yeah, yeah. know that would that even change? Or that's like, oh, I cannot measure myself anymore because like it's not the morning and I already had coffee and I already went to work. 
should yeah. I just do that again yeah. the next day? Yeah, it's a really good question. Exactly. I think the best way is really just to keep the measurement as the morning routine. And if that stress that you experienced has affected your physiology negatively, then you will capture it the morning after. So that mm-hmm. way you always measure, you know, how you respond to everything that happened before, poor night of sleep, a lot of stress at work. Also, you know, again, you don't want to just capture those transitory stresses that maybe, you know, um, after a while they're gone and you're totally fine. But maybe you experience that a couple of days in a row. Uh, work is always stressful. Um, and that piles up and that affects your physiology in a way that you don't need to measure when it's happening or right after, but it will be reflected in your baseline physiology testing in the morning. And that's, you know, something that tells you, okay, here there is something a bit more serious happening because, you know, my baseline physiology has changed in response to uh, these very stressful days. And then I should really try to make some adjustments there. Got it. Okay. That, that makes total sense. Now I want to switch gears and ask you another question. Um, I know that you've, I mean, you have a lot of studies that, are, that you have published. What's your favorite research so far? Would you say that HRB for training is what you say, like, that's the best thing that you, the one that you enjoy the most? Um, I don't know. I think, uh, you know, at the big, be- I, I think I went through different phases. At the beginning, I was uh, really interested in this idea of, you know, developing a scientifically validated tool and then having, uh, you know, so many people using it and deriving, you know, uh, insights at the population level on the relationship between stress, uh, physiology, and, and everything that is happening. At the same time, over the years, as, as we improve our tools, uh, I think, and you know, also we appreciate the uniqueness of each person and of our relationship with different stressors. I think my main interest now is more, uh, you know, in providing the tools for people to do their own research. So, you know, so that you can for example, measure, um, you know, every day with a very limited budget uh, in a different context and then understand, you know, how or why uh, certain individuals are affected in a certain way by stress, uh, you know, which could be, for example, providing tools that scientists are using these days for in the context of COVID uh, and, you know, lockdowns and how that is impacting our physiology and, you know, so working at the, really at the, technology level as, as some, something that enables different studies that before were not possible simply because, you know, we didn't have um, cheap uh, technology that anyone could use just in their comfort of their home, which is, of course, very different than going to a lab and measuring your physiology and, you know, spending half a day doing that, especially now that you cannot really do that. So I think there is uh, there are many opportunities that just uh, start by the fact that now we can monitor longitudinally uh, in, in much simpler ways and still maintain, you know, the level of accuracy and validity that we had with previous instruments. Now, I know you've also done work on uh, prenatal research, and that's something that you did uh, before um, with Bloom Life, I think. Am I getting this right? Yeah, correct. So can we talk a little bit about your the prenatal research? I'm just so interested in prenatal, prenatal research now because I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to be an aunt soon. <laughs> so <laughs> I've seen my sister go through, it's the first baby in the family. So we're just so excited about it. Yeah. And I read about prenatal research and contractions and I'm like, okay, wait, I have to ask him this question. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, that's great. And congratulations to your sister. <laughs> so basically, the work we were doing there um, was similar in a way. You know, it was about measuring physiology uh, over time daily with technology that was not available before and trying to capture, you know, uh, different changes that people go through. Uh, for example, we would measure, we, we developed this sensor, which is um, a sensor that could measure uterine activity, so the activity of uh, the muscle there and cardiac activity at the same time. And then we would run studies, for example, uh, to try to see if we could capture differences in physiology for, uh, for preterm pregnancies with respect to term pregnancies and, you know, to see if we by looking at the physiology, you could potentially, um, you know, spot any potential issues or, or simply make, again, adjustments that, uh, you know, would allow uh, for, for a healthy pregnancy and um, things, I would say, around this context. Um, and yeah, this work we did uh, for a couple of years, actually, the company Bloom Life is still, uh, is still working on this, uh, even though I left, um, I think it was about two years ago. Uh, to to basically move full time to the work I do now, but uh, yeah, I think it was really interesting work and again something new that hopefully uh, will become more common in the in the next years. Great. Now I want to switch gears and ask you a couple more questions, more from I guess a student, from a question from a student to a doctor. Now, do you have any advice for graduate students or students that are in kinesiology that want to learn more about technology? Hmm. Um, good question. I think in general, um, any opportunities you have um, to spend time maybe working also in, a, I don't know, in a company or an institution that is not necessarily your university or, you know, for collaborations, working together on your research with, uh, with some other entity uh, which would expose you maybe to something a bit different or a different way of working. Um, I did my PhD also working in a company and I found it always, um, I would say, very, very interesting and, you know, a bit of complementary in terms of the skills you learn, the, the priorities, the different, priority, the different priorities that you have in the two environments and, you know, also ways to develop your network. Um, I think that can be helpful, especially, you know, these days. Mm -hmm. uh, it's, I think we are fortunate in a way that there is so much um, good research being carried out also outside of university uh, so that, you know, more companies are interested also in doing R&D and doing that in a more transparent way through publications and so. So I think that's always a good way um, to, to do it. So would you recommend just like reaching out to uh, technology companies, even if the background is in the kinesiology and like- Yeah, for sure. I think or also technology, oh, sorry, go ahead. Or just, or go to the, like, because here, uh, and I'm sure like it's it's similar in, in Amsterdam, I think, I'm not sure. So um, when someone decides to do their PhD, it's almost like trying to find uh, a mentor and that mentor will, guide you throughout the the process and it's uh it's basically been in a university yeah working in the lab yeah yeah i think it depends a bit you know often um these questions can be common questions that others also have uh mm -hmm. you know companies that try to answer the same 
question but in a different way um and it could be that you know there are synergies and and things can uh, can start that way mm-hmm. any uh, any other advice that you would that you would tell to grad graduate students like looking like looking up to someone like you that you have such a an amazing background <laughs> um I don't know, I would say really to, you know, keep the focus on, uh, on what motivates you. I mean, grad student, grad, um, as a grad student, it's, uh, I think it's a fantastic experience. You know, you have such a unique opportunity to work for years on something that uh, moves you. So I, maybe it's the few times in which you can actually do it that way, you know. In uh, um, when you're when you're doing your studies, so I think it's really important, you know, to to try to do it um, once you've really found the a bit a bit your calling, I would say, you know, and also an environment that that fosters that. It's you know, I I saw it a few times going wrong because of just you know the wrong environment or maybe someone that was not supportive of the student and and things like that, and and it's a pity because you know you have opportunity to do really good work and really focused work for a few years um and uh, yeah so that, that's what i would say i know you bike and you are into working out as well um, of course so my next question for you is did you move today i did i did <laughs> i went for a for a run this morning it's, it's pretty hot in amsterdam this week so i went for an early one before it gets too hot nice. And my last question for you is, what's movement? Um, so for me, it's um, I would say it's a lot about mental health, and uh, you know, as much as it, of course, it's linked to physical health, but also mental health. And again, something personally I do to or recommend, you know, to just try to keep things a bit more in balance. Again, linked to all the work we do around stress um, and to disconnect, you know, from uh being overly connected in our daily lives these days and and really take take some time if possible you know depending um where you live or, or anything uh to spend some time you know outside in the nature or um i think it's uh it's really helpful at least in my case to to stay sane <laughs> and mentally yeah. healthy yeah marco where can we find you online Um, so I have my website, which is uh, marcoaltini.com or hrv14.com, which is the company's website. Um, and I'm on Instagram, which I think it's right now the, yeah, the only social media I use, or LinkedIn as well. Uh, yeah, both of them. I think if you search for my name, you'll find me. Thank you so much for your time. I'm so happy that when I reached out, you were like, yeah, of course I can. So I, I'm I'm so happy that you were able to Uh, be in the podcast even though I'm in the U.S. and you are in Amsterdam and talk about yeah. the autonomic nervous system which is always fascinating yeah thank you so much and thank you again for inviting me all right guys I hope that you enjoy this episode and if you haven't moved you still have a couple hours but this time check in if you're stressed or not so you have to check the heart uh, HRB for training with Marco Altini thank you Marco so